You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. I had no idea that I would be teaching this morning until I woke up this morning and my daughter Bethany had written me a note on a coffee filter. So I sat down on the couch and there by my Bible was a coffee filter and she had written on there that they kept Ella in emergency last night and are going to remove that glass from her foot this morning and Aaron was supposed to teach this morning and so Hi, everyone. So you know what I did. I threw up one of those flare prayers and said, Lord, will you show me what you would like me to teach your people about this morning? And so because my mind and heart was already in the direction of this morning's message, which I'll preach on just having a grumbling and complaining and murmuring spirit, which is easy to do, when you're going through some difficulties in life, it's, it's hard to get focused. The special that's going to be sung this morning is going to be about Job. The Lord giveth, he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And as Job started out through all of his trials, and there are many, we're going to mention a few of them this morning, He began to focus on his trial instead of focusing on the Lord. And as soon as he took his eyes off of the Lord and placed them on the incredible trials that he was going through, just think about all that Job was going through. Well, we'll mention that this morning in the morning service. He began to complain. And you've heard me say how many times either you are in a trial or you are coming out of one, or you're going into one, because man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upwards. If you're not in a trial right now, cheer up. There's one coming right around the corner. And you know what? I think that's what's going to make heaven so sweet. It's all the trials of this life will be over with. No more sorrow, no more pain, No more suffering, no more tears for the former things. The trials of this fallen world will be passed away. But during all of those trials that we face, we have the promises of God to hang on to. And I'm so thankful we sing that song, Every Promise in the Book is Mine. It's not really true because there's a lot of promises don't apply to me anymore because I'm a Christian. I have a whole new set of promises given to me by my Lord. But every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. All our messages, these promises, all our messages of His love divine, every promise in the book is mine. I'm here to tell you, listen to me, you need to cling with tenacity on the promises of God when you go through the fiery trials of this life. 
And so with all of that going on in my heart, um, I really believe the Lord would have us to deal with this this morning. Fellas, if you could turn the projector on to the back wall, that would help me, and that way I don't have to keep turning around. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to start off with this verse. For all the promises of God in him, who's the him? The Lord Jesus. For all the promises of God in him are what? Yay. We would say yes to the promises of God. Listen, in order to say yes to the promises of God, like a good amen, you got to know the promises of God. How can you say amen to them if you don't know them? So what I would encourage you to do this morning, I'm going to share 25 promises. All we're going to do is put up the verse and the promise that is attached with it. And I would encourage you to write those in the back of your Bible or in the front of your Bible so that when you're going through one of these trials, that you can refer to that and say, boy, that promise right there, that promise is mine. And I'm going to give a good yes and an amen to that promise. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, what? What's the next word? Amen. Under the glory of God by us. Either we are going to glorify him in and through the trials by embracing them and giving them a good yes and an amen, or we are not. Again, either we will become better or we will become what? Bitter. Better or bitter will be the result of going through the trials of life. Heavenly Father, I pray you would bless the teaching of your word this morning in a just a, just a marvelous way that you just work your work of grace in our hearts as we not only see the promises, but we believe the promises and we embrace the promises. And so, Lord, may you meet with us in a special way through your blessed Holy Spirit, who is our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's think about Miriam and Debbie right now as they go through these trials of cancer. Do they need the promises of God? You know what that's all about. That you cling on to them, that you hold them, that you believe them. You know, it's during those times of trials that Satan sifts us like wheat to make us unstable. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. Whenever you're going through difficulties in life, of course we know the Psalms is a wonderful place to park, to be encouraged. But to me it's First and Second Peter. Verse 7, very familiar passage, or should be, 
Casting all your what? Boy, do we ever have a lot of cares that we carry around, sometimes unnecessarily. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober. I'm going to talk about girding up the loins of our mind today. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So we are vulnerable. We need to realize that. When these fiery trials come, we are susceptible to Satan's attack. Why? Because we're weak. Trials have a way of beating us down. As Job first entered into his trials, he was really strong. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Woman, you speak as one of the foolish women. Do not we receive good at the hand of the Lord and evil also? Job is so strong in those first two chapters. Yet by the time we get to chapter 7, his faith has faltered a little bit. So it's true with us. Turn back to chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, think it not... Come on, church, what? Strange. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you, but rejoice. Seriously? Insomuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. I guess that's what you call having a right perspective. So let's go back here. First Peter chapter 5. Casting all your, verse 7, care upon him, for he cared for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He looks for those who are going through trials. Just like a lion looks for weakness in the herd. Whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We're not the only ones going through this. But the God of all, here's the key word, grace. God's grace is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But the God of all grace, who hath called you, called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. It doesn't last forever. Seasons of suffering come and they go. Make you perfect. That's what he's up to. How many of you here need to be a little bit more perfect than you are? Guess what you're asking for? It's just a few more trials to come. 
Now how many of you need a little bit more perfection? <laughs> Say, no, we've achieved. We're there, Lord. But after that, you have suffered a while. He'll make you perfect, established, strong in your faith, strengthen and settle you, bring you to peace. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So let's get to these promises here. Hopefully, because if I turned it on, it would work. The Bible says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime. All the Old Testament scriptures were written for our learning that through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have what? Hope. Did God's people go through some very difficult times throughout the Old Testament? This morning in the morning service, we're going to talk about how God's people murmured and complained while they were in the wilderness. I just have a quick question for you. If you had to eat manna and quail and drink only water for 40 years, how many of you think you might complain a little bit about the food? We complain if we have to eat leftovers. much less eating the same thing day in and day out. Yesterday I brought Zane with me down to the church. We put up some benches over here in memory of Shelley's father. Uh, and so we put up some benches. We put up a sign right here. I don't know how many of you saw it when you drive in. It says 24-hour surveillance. Probably most of you didn't even notice it. But uh, it was hot yesterday when we were working, and Zane said, I'm thirsty. I said, well, drink some water. He goes, I don't want water, I want pop. (laughs) I said, what do you want pop for? He said, it tastes better than water. I said, so you want me as your grandfather to put this poison into your body? He goes, yep. To which I replied, drink water, son. Could you imagine never being able to have a glass of iced tea? Never having coffee? How many of you, how many of you would complain if you didn't get your coffee in the morning? <laughs> Look at that. Bunch of addicts. But the things that God has written for us here in this book are written for our learning. That we would learn how to embrace the affairs of life and glorify the Lord through them and have hope, not lose our hope. I like that picture. I think that picture is a pretty awesome picture. Of how that when you're going through the trials of life and you, Satan will do everything he can do to keep you out of this book. But when you get into this book, there's just the comfort of the Holy Ghost that wraps itself around you with the promises of God. Corey Timboom. How many know who Corey Timboom is? Well, I've 
kind of surprised her. I thought most of you would. It only looked like about half of you knew who she was. Uh, this is a quote that she said, let God's promises shine on your problems. She had some great quotes. You can go online and read a lot of Corey Timboom's quotes. But Corey Timboom wrote a book called The Hiding Place, sold millions of copies. Many of God's people have been blessed and encouraged through trials. But her father was a watchmaker and uh, during the Holocaust, uh, he was arrested and his, his entire family was arrested for hiding, hiding the Jewish people and getting them on to safety. So they were arrested. Her mother had died some years prior to that. She had had uh, several strokes and had passed away. But her whole family then was put into a concentration camp and Corey, her older sister, and her father, uh, the other children were let go but uh, they were incarcerated. Only 10 days after uh, they were put into the prison camp because of the harsh treatment, her father died. Corey's sister, Betsy, she died in prison. And when she said this was just a couple days before she passed away. She said this, there is no pit so deep that he, God, is not deeper still. Statement made by a woman in a death camp in Germany. And we think our trials are hard. It's a picture of her sister When you are in the midst of a trial, here are some of God's promises. He will be with you. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. He will be with you. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is what? With thee. Don't ever forget, he's with you in that trial whithersoever thou goest. So promise number one, the Lord's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to be with us. He also promises to give us victory in the trial, through the trial, and after the trial. For whosoever is born of God, what? We are overcomers. Overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So what does Satan try to do to get advantage over you during the trial? Shake you away from your faith. This isn't true. God has forsaken you. Nothing good will come from this. Number three. He has a promise to be our refuge. God is our what? refuge and strength a very present help in time of need if you're outside and you see a tornado coming what are you going to do you're going to what you're going to seek shelter 
I will never, ever forget when I was just a little boy. My father pastored in Vesterberg, which isn't too far from Mount Pleasant. And it was a Sunday evening, and we were having the song service. I mean, I was just a little guy. I was only about five years old, and I can remember this like it was yesterday. We're having the song service at church, and someone came rushing in and said, Pastor... Not me, I wasn't pastoring when I was five. Uh, but my dad, Pastor, a tornado's coming. And it, it was right on us. And so my dad quickly rushed everyone down to the basement. And I'll never forget my dad lifting me up and letting me look through the basement window and I could see that tornado coming. We went to the safest place we could go and that was the basement of that church now the tornado skirted the church it never did harm us went past us but i'll never forget seeing that tornado coming listen when you're in a trial you need to run for refuge number four he promises that his grace will be sufficient. And he said unto me, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. A lot of times we don't realize how weak and vulnerable we are. I don't know if Miriam's listening this morning. But I'm going to tell you something. Miriam was one strong woman. Single mom. You almost looked at Miriam and said, man, this woman is invincible. She has handled the difficulties of life as they've come her way. And I, I, I always stood in amazement of Miriam. And I don't know how my wife would have survived the 10 years of trial that she's been through with her health. I don't know how I could have continued on in the ministry without Miriam. Always there, taking care of Shelly. Just an amazing thing. But I'm going to tell you something. She's weak now. None of us are invincible. None of us know what's waiting for us right around the corner. But one thing we do know, His grace is sufficient. Well, I'm only number four and I got six minutes. Number five, he promises to uphold us. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He promises to uphold us. Number six, he promises to provide for us during our trials. But my God shall supply what? All of our needs. According to his riches. He's pretty rich. Wouldn't you all say that? He's pretty rich. Stop and think about it. We can't supply everybody's need. 
We can help a few people out here and there, but we can't supply everybody's needs, but God can. Number seven, promises to renew our strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. We love this. We love this uh, verse. We love the song. Goes along with that. It's one of Pastor Bruce's favorite songs. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He promises to settle us. This is a verse we read there in 1 Peter 5, verse 10. How many of you have ever been pretty unsettled in your life? Like all stirred up? Things are just in an upheaval? Feel like you've been tossed to and fro? What do I, I don't even know what to do, where to go. I don't even know what decision I need to make. We've had this situation. You all know that my wife is highly toxic to mold. She gets by any mold, mold spores. She will crash. She'll start jerking. She'll about fall over. She'll have to sit down. It's just, it's just an amazing thing. And so you all know what we've all been through in the decontamination of our home and getting it livable for my wife and we finally got there and then Beth and Aaron go through what they go through and find out that Beth is has the same susceptibility that my wife has and that's why she's been so sick and we found that they have highly toxic mold in the apartment that they're in so they had to move out they had nowhere to move so they moved in with us and without thinking as they moved in with us we brought a lot of their items from the home into our home and it contaminated our whole home. And so we started going through trying to take this out, decontaminate this, wash this, fog this. I mean, we've been through unbelievable unsettledness. Beth and Aaron are unsettled because they don't have a home. We're unsettled because Shelley can't come into our home. Shelly tried coming into her home last night. She's even had a mask on, but she left a little, little crack underneath her chin and she walked in and immediately she breathed the air in our home and she about passed out. And I'm like, I don't know what else to do. We got tents set up outside. We have things in the tent and Beth and Aaron, it looks like they're going to have to throw away all their belongings just like we had to throw away all of ours. That's unsettledness. But the God of all grace. Let me ask you a question. Does God have a purpose in what he's doing in our lives? Absolutely. We're going to see it someday. We'll come through this. One of my favorite verses of the Bible is, this too shall come to pass. Hallelujah. All right, that's number eight. Number nine, he promises to work all things for our good. We exhaust this verse, don't we? We throw this one out there all the time. Number 10, he promises to do the impossible. So thankful we have a God that is able to do the impossible. With men, this is impossible, but with God, what? All things. 
are definitely possible. He promises to deliver. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. That's just the truth of the matter. It is. Just because you get saved doesn't mean you're not going to go through afflictions. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Number 12. Promises to love you. Aren't you thankful for his unfailing love? Even when we do not respond correctly to the trials, even sometimes when we may accuse God, become bitter toward him, question him, why are you... Lord, what's up with this? Why are you allowing this? What's going on here? A couple passages we're going to read this morning about Job. He says, I wish I could stand before the throne of God and argue my case with him. How many have ever argued with God about something? I have. Maybe you're all more spiritual than I am, but I've had a few arguments with him. And I never won any of them, but I've had a few of them. Number 13, to give you perfect peace. That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee. That's what happened to Job. He kind of got his mind off of the Lord for a while. Number 14, sorry if I'm going too quickly, promises to comfort us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. One of the things I, I actually, over the years, have refused to use this verse during a funeral service. Almost every funeral service, you'll find this passage quoted. This is not a verse for the dead. It's a verse for the living. If you're walking, you're alive. Number 15, to give help for our need. What do you need? I'm there to help. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Number 16, to draw close to us. The Lord is nigh. He's near unto them that are of a broken heart. Number 17, he promises to protect us. Some of you have got to learn shorthand here. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Number 18, to give us stability. The Lord is my what? Rock. Stable. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Number 19, to give you hope. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations and the trials of life also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. We can come through the experiences of life with hope and then we can pass that on to someone else. Number 21, he promises to direct us. Number 20, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not unto thine own understanding. This is my life's verse. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall, what? Direct 
I will direct your paths. And last, as he promises to sustain us, he giveth more power to the faint. Boy, how trials cause us to faint. And to them that have no might, he, he increases strength. Number 22, promises to care for us. For he careth for you. Number 23, to strengthen our heart. He shall strengthen your heart. Number 24, to be with you. When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. And then number 25, to show us mercy. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. Thank God for his mercy. Now, if you've written those down in your Bible, if not, I would love to make these available to you so you can. <coughs> Please do this, because there's no way we're all going to remember all of these promises, right? I mean, if I gave you a test right now, even if you came up with half of them, you'd be doing really well. So if you don't have them, make sure you get them, write them down in your Bible. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. He hath said, and he shall, shall he not do it? Or he hath spoken, shall he not make it good? I believe he will make his promises good in our lives if we know him and we embrace him. I came across this, I don't know, can you read that or is it too small for, is that too small a print? <coughs> for somebody in the back, you might want to look at the back wall, you can see it back there. It says, you say, God says. You say, I can't figure it out, God says, I'll direct your steps. You say, I'm too tired, God says, I'll give you rest. You say, it's impossible, God says, all things are possible. You say, nobody loves me, God says, I love you. You say, I can't forgive myself. God says, I forgive you. You say, it's not worth it. It will be worth it. I'm not smart enough. I'll give you wisdom. I'm not able. I'm able. I can't go on. My grace is sufficient. I can't do it. You can do all things. I can't manage. I will supply all your needs. I'm afraid. I have not given you fear. I feel alone. I will never leave you. Isn't it wonderful how we can take all those lies that Satan tells us and we can refute them with the truth of Scripture? Well, thank you for your patience. I've gone a little bit over this morning. I hope that this really helps lay the foundation for this morning's message. Craig, will you close us in prayer, please? You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening 
at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.